Welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to the first edition of your season review and previews. What we're going to be doing in these podcasts is going through three teams per podcast, three to four teams per podcast, and going through how their season went. Now, I'm going to have some guests on, um, two guests on specifically uh, in the next two episodes for the Titans review and for the Cowboys review. I cannot wait for you guys to get into those ones. Those will both be recorded on Zoom, uh, and I'll post them to YouTube potentially as well if we get video. If not, they'll just be on these podcasts, but I'll be getting those guys to do the one team. So uh, the Titans um, review of the season, you can sort of have a little bit of a guess who that one is, Uh, and obviously the Cowboys review, which will be a little bit harder for you guys to guess, but you might be able to guess it anyway. Two special guests coming on for the next two reviews. Very keen, but we're going to be going through this one and then the ones after those other two that are next uh, on my own, uh, going through the notes that I obviously left on the website. If you haven't checked that one out yet, it is uh, going to be posted on my story when this podcast comes out as well. If you want to go and have a read of the notes while you're listening to the podcast as well. And then, you know, give me some of your thoughts as well. Give me some of your thoughts as to how you think uh, the season went for those teams whether that's in my DMs, whether you want to contact me via email on the website, you can contact me uh, via the website as well. All of that is set up now. But without further ado, let's get straight into these reviews. The first three teams that we will be doing on this podcast are the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs. Um, Obviously, going uh, in backwards order of the ladder, making it a little bit interesting, going through some of the teams that didn't go so well this year first before we get into the teams that went very well this season. Uh, So we'll start off with the Tigers. Um, Going into next season, they've signed Latu Fainu and Samuela Fainu. I think that's massive for uh, for the Tigers. Tigers, you know, obviously we sort of had the same premonition going into this season. You know, they've signed all of these guys, Abby Corusau, uh, they signed Isaiah Papali'i, John Bateman as well from England. And they've signed all of these guys. Uh, they've got to go well this year. There's got to be some improvement. They didn't go well. Obviously, they got the wooden spoon this season. So uh, when grading this team, we have given them an E-, minus, and that's another thing that we'll be doing on these podcasts as well. We're going to be grading these teams, um, you know, from... A to F, uh, and E minus is what I've given the Tigers because I, I would I would I didn't want to give them an F. I just I didn't want to give them a straight F because I thought that they have actually somewhat improved towards the later part of the year, even with all the injuries with Adam Dewey, you know, with Luke Brooks, with all of the injuries they lost Jackson Hastings as well, uh, obviously to the Newcastle Knights, with all the adversities, with all the injuries that they had, um, I thought that they went. You know, they went much better towards the back end of the year. Jareem Buller, a big part of that as well. Jareem Buller, Abby Corris, our big parts of that. But let's go through the signings and losses before I get sidetracked again. We'll go through all that in a second. Um, signings and losses. So Samuela and Latu Fainu, I think are massive signings and could play a big part later in the year. If they want to spice things up in the halves pairing, 
You could see Latu Fainu making his debut and playing six. Uh, the other guy that I think will for sure be playing six is Jaden Sullivan from St. George. They've signed him as well. I think it's on a two to three year deal. Um, you know, I think that's great bang for your buck. He is a quality number six. We've seen that when he's come in and played six alongside Ben Hunt. Uh, you know, he's still young. He's still finding out his game in the NRL. I think that is going to be a bit of a makeshift year. Do not expect the Tigers to be a top eight side this season. Do not expect them to be a top eight side this season. I don't think they will be. Uh, We'll go through where I think they're going to be placed this season as well. It's not on the notes, but I'll let you know at the end of each team, you know, where I think they're going to be positioned going into next year on the ladder. But Tigers, E minus, Samuel Afanu, uh, Latu Fainu, Jaden Sullivan, Aiden Caesar is going to be the halfback next year for me. Uh, big signing from uh, obviously the Super League, played in the grand final for the Raiders up against the Roosters in 2019. He was the halfback there. Also played a lot of footy for the Gold Coast Titans. Coming into this side, the West Tigers team, I think he's going to do a great job. Adds a lot of experience as well. Uh, He's one of the older halves. I think he's 33, 34 this year. So a very experienced halfback. I think it's going to be the, the leader of the ship, the steerer of the ship this season, uh, next season, I should say, as well, um, alongside Jaden Sullivan. Uh, building that halves pairing, I think, is going to be a big focus going into next year. Um, Aiden Caesar and Jaden Sullivan, the halves. I think next year is really going to be starting from scratch. I think that, you know, Luke Brooks sort of prevented them from starting from scratch. He was always going to be there in the seven. Him now leaving to go to Manly, along with Tommy Talau, um, I think that. It, it gives them the opportunity just to really start from scratch. Uh, we'll go through how I think the lineups are going to look going into next year as well. A little sneak peek there before, obviously, a lot of signings happen, happen in the preseason. But just to recap, signings, Latu Fainu, Samuel Fainu, Jaden Sullivan, Aiden Caesar. Losses, Luke Brooks, Tommy Talao, Dane Laurie. Uh, big loss, Dane Laurie. Uh, I think that he was very unlucky to be kicked out for Jareen Buller. Jareen Buller, I love. I think that he's done a crazy job this season. But when you have a guy like Dane Laurie, who you've told is the plan moving forward, who had a terrific season in 2022, yes, he was a bit, you know, on and off, I guess, in 2023, uh, particularly at the start of the year. They weren't winning too many games. You can't really aim all of that on Dane Laurie either. You know, he's sort of trying to mold his way into first grade and you've sort of just said, nah, we don't have any faith uh, in you anymore. Well, not like that, but we don't have faith in you being the plan anymore. You're going to play a reserve grade. We're bringing in the reserve grade fullback. Jareen Buller killed it and he's definitely a first grader. I think he was robbed of Rookie of the Year as well, Jareen Buller, but I think Dane Laurie done a little bit uh, hard done by, I guess. Uh, him going to Penrith, I think, is going to be massive as well. Adds to their depth. He definitely won't be in and around the starting 17, uh, but he adds to what is uh, crazy depth now for the Penrith Panthers and to, I guess, push uh, the Penrith Panthers reserve grade sides to another premiership like they did in 2022. Obviously, 2023, New South Wales Cup went to the South Sydney Rabbitohs um, and obviously Jersey Flag uh, wasn't... Um, the Penrith Panthers. He's, oh, I think I think it was also South Sydney just quietly. So um, South Sydney in the lower grades have had a good year. I wish we could say the same about the top grade for South Sydney, but we'll talk about them in another podcast. Uh, as for the Tigers, though, I think that they are going to go well next year. I really do. I don't think they're going to be a top eight side by any stretch, but I think they are going to go a lot better uh, than a wooden spoon. I really don't think they're going to be the spoon this year. Um, but yeah, let's have a look at this season. So 
I think it's quite obvious that it wasn't the greatest season. But if you want to look at the positives, I think that it's they've made some great signings for 2024. I think it's now about putting the pieces together, as we sort of said before, putting the pieces together to get uh, you know move this side slowly and slowly up the ladder. Again, I don't think they're going to be a top side in this competition. I don't think they're going to be in the eight. I do think that they're going to move slowly and slowly up the ladder because we saw the effort areas slowly start to increase, particularly at the start of the year. The effort areas were fucking abysmal. Um, you know, they just weren't willing to you know go the extra mile to win games. Um, but, you know, well, as the season digressed, you know, the mini- winning mentality sort of came up a little bit more. Uh, it was a great win against Penrith at, at, towards the start of the year. But um, towards the back end of the year, yes, they were losing all their games, but they looked like they had a little bit more of a winning mentality. They looked like they were present more more so in games. Uh, you can see that it's starting to look a little bit better for the West Tigers going into the next year. Um but yeah, great signings for 2024 about putting the pieces together now. I think the Fine brothers being locked in is insane and a really, really good, I guess, depth and great signings. I think Samuela will play. I think he'll come off the bench for the West Tigers. Uh, Latu Fainu, I don't know whether it's going to be him or Jaden Sullivan at six. You could see, uh, you know, a Dolphins play here where they start the rookie straight away in the number six jersey. I do think it's going to be Jaden Sullivan, though, to start the year. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to see Jaden Sullivan maybe even wearing the 14 and playing an off-the-bench hooker-type role uh, to accompany uh, Abby Coruscant. It's a very rogue, I guess, opinion, but we could definitely say it. He's played a lot of hooker, um, obviously, at the drag. Uh, but Latu Fainu, I don't think he'll start straight away. Um, he might come in later towards the year, but I think by the end of the year, he'll be a piece in this puzzle for sure. Uh, but about putting all the pieces together, Fainu brothers locked in is great. I think the standouts this year and the big positives for this year, one of those being Jareen Buller, and we sort of discussed it. I think he was really robbed for Rookie of the Year. I thought that he had a big year coming in uh, towards the mid part of the year and just killing it for uh, the West Tigers. I thought that he was great at fullback. He made a huge difference. Yes, Dane Laurie, we said it before, hard done by, but Jareen Buller had a fucking outstanding year. Uh, Abby Coruscant, I thought, was really, really solid there through the middle as well in the number nine jersey towards the back end of the year. Uh, had a 50-50 year, Abby Coruscant. It's definitely not the best year we've seen from him him, but we sort of expected this. We sort of expected a little bit of a decline because he's going from a side that has won two comps or had won two comps in a row, now three comps in a row, uh, which we'll talk about obviously when we do Penrith, but um, has gone from a top side to a bottom side, literally from the top to the bottom. You know, there was going to be some, I guess, dip in form because it's very different to be a hooker in a side where you're constantly moving forward with forwards like James Fisher-Harris and Moses Leota and Isaiah Yo with his ball playing, Liam Martin, these forwards. Um, it's very, it's much easier to be a hooker in that side in a side that isn't really moving too, uh, too much forward. You have some great forwards in there for sure, but uh, they were struggling to put all the pieces together this year in terms of their pack, in terms of their spine. Uh, constantly changing spine never helps as well. He said the same thing in the review about Brisbane when they won the spoon. Uh, you know, I guess when you're constantly changing your spine, it never works. We said the same thing about the Brisbane Broncos when they won the spoon. We said the same thing about the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, we're going to say the same thing here about the Tigers as well. Constantly changing spines, it doesn't work. Uh, it never has worked. I think if I'm going, if I'm Benji Marshall going into next year as the head coach of this team, I am locking in a spine. For me personally, it's Jareem Buller at fullback. 
It's Jaden Sullivan at 5'8". It's Aiden Caesar at halfback. It's Abikorosau at nine. And it's uh, Fanua Pole at 13. I think that is the best spine you can walk out with. Uh, so Samuel Afanu, I think, starts in the back row. Uh, or even comes off the bench in a middle sort of role. He is so solid. Um, Samuel Afina, we saw that in the um, under-19s Origin Series. He was a main piece to the puzzle for New South Wales through the middle. Um, I think that he could be great in this side as well, but I think my starting 13 for Nua Pole, I think that's how that goes. Um, but, you know, lock in a spine. Lock it in uh, and keep it for at least until Origin. Uh, and if things aren't working drastically... Then you bring in Latu Fainu slowly. I think Latu Fainu plays a 14 role uh, towards round eight, nine, and sort of slowly comes in, plays a bit of reserve grade for the opening rounds, and then slowly comes into first grade. I think that's how you move him in. Um, but, you know, lock in a spine. Lock in a spine and keep it the same throughout the majority of the year, at least until origin, and then you can sort of suss out if things aren't working. But it's still, I think, a building year next year for the West Tigers. Building this side to, uh, right up and putting all of the pieces together, I don't think it's a, uh, a side that is going to be a top side, a top eight side next year. I think still, if you're looking at the negatives this year for the West Tigers, I think it isn't good enough, really, for a side that had a really stacked roster going into this year. Yes, we didn't expect big things from the West Tigers, but we didn't expect a side with John Bateman, Isaiah Papali'i, David Klemmer uh, at halfway through the year as well, um, you know, coming into this team. You know, we didn't expect this side to be a wooden spoon team, a really stacked roster. Um, Adam Dewey was going to be a main piece in the puzzle as well. Luke Brooks uh, being a main piece of the puzzle as well at the seven. I think that was something that always worried me going into this year um, was the fact that Luke Brooks wasn't a seven. He was a six. Jackson Hastings leaving was a big, big issue for me, for, for the West Tigers. That really, I guess, dented their success. Playing Jackson Hastings at 13 was never the right call. It was never the right call. Um, I think that Adam Dewey is a center going into next year. When he comes back from injury, he's not a half. I think he is a center. We saw some great games from him at center. Um, Jareen Bull is definitely the fullback, as we said before. Locking in this side is going to be a big thing for them next year. I don't think it was good enough for a stacked roster um, you know, to win the wooden spoon consecutively after signing so many uh, really talented guys. They should have gone a little bit better. Uh, yes, we didn't expect them, as I said, to be a top side this year, but we did expect them to not be a wooden spoon side with some of the signings they had. I've got the same expectations going into next year. I think that they aren't a wooden spoon team. I think that once this spine really gels, they're going to be a really successful outfit. Uh, I think they're going to be, you know, uh, maybe 11th or 12th going into next year for me. Um, I guess the neg- other negative before we move on to the Dragons was the fact that they were really unlucky with injury as well. Super unlucky with injury um, this season. The West Tigers, uh, I think it really dented their success. Luke Brooks being out, Adam Dewey being out, Jackson Hastings before he left being out as well. Um, you know, I think that they <laughs> injury really hurt them. Injury really hurt them, but... Still not good enough for me with a stacked roster that they had. Uh, as I said, for me, if I'm putting the West Tigers in a position next year, it is 11th or 12th. I think they move up substantially. Uh, I don't think they get into a top eight, but I think they start to move up the ladder a little bit more and, and play some good football. So Dragons, for me, if I'm locking in a sure thing position, I'm going to go uh, the Tigers to be 12th going into next season. Uh, we move on to the Dragons. 
Uh, some big signings going into next year. Hame Sele and Kyle Flanagan are so far. Uh, obviously expecting more signings going into the rest of the offseason. But Hame Sele and Kyle Flanagan, I think, are massive signings here for the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons. Kyle Flanagan, you'd think, would come in and play six. I don't know. I think he could play a 14 role and play a hooking role like he did at the Bulldogs. Um, Jaden Sullivan being out, I think that Kyle Flanagan is a decent replacement here in terms of depth, in terms of that 14 role. Um, you know, being Shane Flanagan being the coach, you just can't help but think that Kyle Flanagan could potentially get a spot at six. There were a lot of rumors about Amone leaving, and we'll obviously talk about that when we go through the negatives for the year for the Dragons. But, um, you know, Kyle Flanagan, I think, is a decent signing in terms of the depth, in terms of obviously losing Jaden Sullivan. They need another guy to come in, and Kyle Flanagan being that guy, I think it's a great uh, start, I guess, in terms of signings um, for the Dragons. Not signing older guys. You know, they've been signing some really old heads in this team. Uh, obviously, you know, Zane Musgrove coming in, being in the later part of his career. Um, they signed a lot of guys that were much older. Aaron Woods, before he left to go to uh, the Manly Seagulls as well. They signed a lot of older forwards, and it didn't really work for them. Ben Murdoch, Masilla being one of those as well, worked towards the end of the year, but at the start, it was a real shamble. Um, I think signing some younger guys will help, and I think Hame Sele and Kyle Flanagan are definitely the start of that as well. Hame Sele uh, from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. You know, he's been at the Dragons before. He actually started his career at the Dragons. I think returning to this side, uh, he'll be a big instrument of their success. A younger forward partnered up with Blake Laurie. I think he starts Hame Sele, and I think he does a really good job there in the middle, uh, just creating havoc like he did at South Sydney when he came off the bench. Hame Sele, a big signing uh, for the Dragons. In terms of the losses, Jaden Sullivan, a big one, but yes, they have signed Kyle Flanagan, and Kyle Flanagan, uh, I think, will be a decent replacement, as we said before, but I think that Jaden Sullivan is still in terms of his spark, and in terms of the plan that they had, a big, big, long success plan that they had uh, at the Dragons to blood uh, the th- the big three in Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sullivan, and Amone, they really got hyped up as the big three uh, to be the next spine, and obviously, Jaden Sullivan leaving, you have a little bit of doubt as to what the plan is for the Dragons moving forward. Uh, and Zane Musgrove uh, leaving this side as well. He was released. I think he signed with the Super League side. So good on uh, Zane Musgrove there. Um, not the biggest loss in the world. And bringing in a guy like Hame Sele, they pretty much replaced what they've lost uh, straight away with Hame Sele and Kyle Flanagan as well. So credit to Shane Flanagan. Credit to uh, the board for that one, uh, for the Dragons. In terms of this year, uh, I'm going to be the Dragons an E. I think that, it was uh, there was a lot of pressure put on uh, Ben Hunt to succeed for or, and for their success as well. Um, you know it's not really fair on Ben Hunt to have to carry this side week in week out, and he wasn't the sole carrier. I mean Zach Lomack had some great moments in this in this year as well, and uh, Tyrell Sloan had some big moments this year at fullback. The fact that he isn't going to be fullback next year or that we're hearing that it's going to be Zach Lomax at fullback next year, I think is fucking ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't think that Zach Lomax is the fullback for this side. I think that he's a center. I think that he can play a roaming center role, and that would be great for the Dragons, and figuring out how that works, I think, will be a key part of their offseason if they were to go down that route. But I think that's his position. I think center's his position. I think keep him there. Tyro Sloan has improved substantially this season, um, you know, in moments as well. Slow, slow growth. Uh, you can't expect every rookie to come in and have an immediate impact either. I think that Zane Musgrove, uh, sorry, not Zane Musgrove, what am I talking about? Tyrell Sloan 
Um, he's going to be one of those rookies that has a really slow introduction to first grade. It's his second year. Uh, it was his second year. Um, you know, he was in and out of first grade in his first year. They had no sort of direction for him. He was in. He played average. He was slowly getting better. Then he got taken out. Then he got put in. Slowly getting better. Then taken out. It just was no direction with uh, Tyrell Sloan at all. Uh, last uh, in his first year and his second year was sort of the same as well. Um, they sort of kept him in there for a bit longer, and he was improving substantially. He was starting to run over 100 meters a game. Uh, his ball playing and his combination with Ben Hunt was slowly growing as well. Keeping him at fullback would be a massive focus for me going into the offseason. I think he's a fullback for sure. Uh, in this team, Zach Lomax, I think, is a center. Great signs for the future for sure, and he was playing a great roaming center role um, in, this year in key moments and key games as well. There was a game against the West Tigers where he was fucking unstoppable. Um, I think that Zach Lomax is a center in this team. I wouldn't be putting him at fullback. Uh, but in terms of the positives for this year, Ben Hunt, the shining light. Zach Lomax, some great signs for the future. And Tyrell Sloan slowly growing in this outfit as well. I hope they keep faith in him because I'd hate to see him be stuck in reserve grade. If they if they keep him in reserve grade, I want Tyrell Sloan to leave. I want him to go somewhere else where he gets appreciated. I think in a top eight side, he would kill it as well uh, you know, at a Melbourne Storm at fullback or, you know, <laughs> pretty much anywhere. In any top eight side, I think that he would kill it. Absolutely kill it. So Tyros Sloan, uh, hopefully he gets a crack next year. If not, I'd be leaving if I were him. Uh, in terms of the negatives this year, and there were a few of them, uh, losing depth, I think, going into next year is a big part of that. Letting go of Sullivan this year, uh, I don't think was the right call. Uh, I think that he's going to do very well at the West Tigers, as we discussed before, but um, I think that's a big loss for the Dragons, and, and it really gives the guys around uh, this association as well a little bit, I guess, a little bit of poor hope going into next year. Uh, a lack of confidence going into next year as well because they had a plan. This was going to be the big three, Jaden Sullivan, Amone, and Tyrell Sloan. Uh, you know, there was rumors that Amone was going to exit. Now, uh, Jaden Sullivan has left as well. Uh, and Tyrell Sloan is going to be out of first grade next year if they put Zach Lomax at fullback. It's just how it is. So it, we just don't know what the plan is. I think that is a big negative going into next year and this year as well. We don't know what the plan is anymore. Losing depth in Sullivan, a big one. Rumors sprouting like wildfire. Uh, ben Hunt being the main factor of that as well. Uh, there was a lot of rumors Ben Hunt wasn't happy and you know, facts as well that Ben Hunt isn't happy in this side, that he wants to leave, that he wants to go and win a premiership. And wouldn't doesn't every other player that signs up to play rugby league, you want to win a premiership. They aren't going in the right direction at the moment. They've got to sort some key things out. They've got to make a lot more signings and rebuild this side. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will the Dragons as a successful outfit either. I think that it's going to take a while. It's going to take a real while for them to become successful. Um, you know, if Ben Hunt leaves, I think they get the spoon next year. That's just how it is. The Hunt unrest has been really concerning. I think if he does leave going into next year or into the year after, the year that he leaves is the year they get the spoon for me. It's just how it is. Uh, but the rumors spreading like wildfire, not only Ben Hunt, but there was a lot of rumors that Zach Lomax was going to the Parramatta Reels. Uh, he was out of first grade for a while, and there was a lot of rumors sprouting that the Eels were going to sign him. They obviously signed Morgan Harper instead during the offseason now. Um, so Zach Lomax is pretty much set to stay. Uh, and obviously set to play some fullback as well. They're trying to keep him desperately in this team. I think Shane Flanagan's going to do a great job to keep him in this side. Uh, and if that's a fullback, it's just how it is. I'm, I feel really sorry for Tyrell Sloan, as we've said before. Um, but there was also a lot of rumors that Amone 
uh, was also going to exit this team. Uh, that there was a lot of unrest with him at this side. Him and Lomax had a fight at, uh, in the midpoint of this year at training as well. Uh, a lot of unrest at this team. A lot of rumours coming out. A lot of shit coming out. A lot of reports coming out about this side this year, which has just made it so much harder for them to have success. The injury toll this year as well. I mean, there was a few guys that ended up injured. Jack Bird was out for pretty much the entire year. Ben Murdoch Masilla was injured at some points in this year. Um, you know, obviously Little and Lomax were dropped as well. Out of this side, Little was fucking outstanding this season as well. He needs to be the nine for this team. Um, but there was a lot of guys out. There was a ton of guys out at different points in the year, which made it harder for them again to succeed. Uh, the whole Amone thing, where he was out of this side for a long while, Jaden Sullivan was the sixth, played really well. It gives me a lot of hope that he'll be the sixth for the Tigers as well. But, um, you know, there was just a lot going on for the, uh, for the Dragons this year, which made it a lot harder for them to succeed. Struggling to win games, even with some decent performances, it was just putting the final piece to the puzzle. Um, for me, I think that it was very hard for them to succeed uh, because it was just hard for them to put the final piece to the puzzle uh, and solidify games. It was very hard for them to succeed. Um, and yeah, I mean, if I'm giving the Dragons a mark this year, it's an E. I think next year, if you know Ben Hunt leaves, if this keeps happening, if they don't make more signings, I've got them for the spoon. I've got them for the Spoon next year. Uh, they are the favourites for the Spoon as well, and I'm going to jump on the back of that and say that they do get the Spoon next year. Uh, the Dragons, sorry to say it, but I really do think they need a ton of improvement uh, in order to be better and keep some consistency in this spine as well. Keep some consistency in general is the big thing for the Dragons. Now, finally, let's talk about the Bulldogs. Um, a bunch of signings going into next year. Also, a lot of guys leaving. Let's have a look at the signings and the losses going into next year. So coming into this side, Bronson Sherry returns from his suspension. They obviously signed him, uh, I think, at the middle of this year or maybe at the start of this year during the offseason. They had signed uh, Bronson Sherry to play as of 2024. Uh, suspension ended, I think, two weeks ago now. So he's been training, I think, with the Bulldogs or is allowed to train with the Bulldogs and the staff. Uh, he'll come into the off-season, I think, fit, ready to go. Uh, he looks incredible. Some of the uh, videos that you've seen of when he's been running with Roger Fabry, uh, he was racing Kalen Ponga and absolutely blitzed him. So he's got a lot of speed still. Uh, a big frame. He could play in the centres or in the back row, to be honest, with just the frame on him. I think he'll start at centre. Uh, I'd love to see him and Stephen Crichton in the centres. I'd love to see Blake Taff at fullback. I wouldn't mind a, a new look there. I don't think Stephen Crichton is a fullback. I think that he is a center. Yes, he's had some decent performances at fullback, but I think that he kills it like this at center. We saw in the grand final how good he is at center. I think that I would chuck him at center to start the year at least. Um, you know, if you want to chuck him at fullback, maybe chuck him at fullback towards the back end after origin if it's not working at center. Um, but I, I, I totally doubt that it's not going to work at center. I think that he is going to be unreal. Uh, Stephen Crichton comes into this side. Jermaine Salmon um, comes into this side as well from Penrith. I think that he as a 14 is going to be deadly, can come in at lock, back row, or come into the halves if there's injury as well. Um, he is uh, quite underrated, I guess, um, in terms of his ability. I think that he has a lot of ability as a 14. I think he'd be perfect for this outfit. So he comes in. I think he'll be in the 17. Uh, Blake Taff, we've mentioned before, I think is going to be massive coming into this team. Uh, he provides a lot of X factor, and I think that he could be the starting fullback if they do decide late to chuck Stephen Crichton at centre. Uh, but at the moment, he's a backup fullback, which is a very interesting one to sign as a backup. But, you know, 
credit to Blake Taff getting a new contract, probably getting a little bit more dough as well. Liam Knight obviously came during this year. Uh, he obviously played a few games with the, with the Bulldogs now, but I thought I'd include him in this list. Uh, and see, I see why Takiyaho as well signing with the Bulldogs coming over from the Super League, coming over from England, um, I think is a massive signing for the Bulldogs as well. See, I see why Takiyaho. Um, in terms of the losses, Jermaine, uh, Jake, Jermaine Asako, uh, Jake Avarillo leaves this team to go to the Dolphins. Um, I think that's a big loss. I mean, he played really well at fullback towards the midpoint of the year. Obviously got chucked into the halves, got chucked in at centre, played really well there as well. I think that he could be a first-choice fullback uh, for the Dolphins if they want to go down that route, if they want to go down the route of keeping Herbie Farnworth in the centres. I think that Jake Averillo would be an outstanding fullback. Uh, Herbie Farnworth and Hamaso Tabuai Fido at centre would be so dangerous. Um, so, yeah, obviously Jake Averillo leaves this team to go to the Dolphins. Uh, Kyle Flanagan also leaves. We obviously talked about that already to go and uh, you know have a role at St. George. Uh, either as a 14 or as a 6. It'll be very interesting to see where he starts as of next year. Uh, Kyle Flanagan leaves this team. Uh, Paul Alamotti, uh, obviously going to the Penrith Panthers. I think that's a massive one. I think that is absolutely huge. I think they weren't uh, willing to get rid of something they couldn't replace, and they could replace uh, Paul Alamotti, obviously, with Bronson Sherry coming into the side. Uh, but I think that Paul Alamotti is still a huge loss, a massive loss. Uh, in terms of a young guy coming through to kill it. I think that he's going to fucking be a weapon at Penrith. I think he's going to start for Penrith as well in the centres. I think that he is going to be a massive, massive signing for them, Paul Alamotti. Uh, and Tavita Pangai Jr. obviously retires from rugby league to continue a career in boxing or a full-time career now. Uh, in boxing. I think that's great for him. Um, You know, really, really talented forward, but uh, he's a really talented boxer as well. And we've seen that in his past two fights, he can box for sure. I think that he's on the card. Sorry for the hiccup there. I think he's on the card to fight in the footy biffs over the next few days. So we'll see how he goes in that one. But he is a very, very good boxer and I'm keen to see how he goes in the boxing arena. We sort of talked about it uh, on BTFU when we first heard the news a a few months ago now. Uh, So if you want to go have a listen to that, you can scroll down and have a listen to that one. But uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. going into the boxing arena. uh, Congratulations to him. Hopefully it goes well. We can always see him come back to rugby league if he wants to. Um, So yeah, look, kudos to Tavita Pangai Jr. for taking the leap of faith there. Taking nothing as well. I feel like it's a really selfless move from Tavita Pangai Jr. Could have taken about 800k of the Bulldogs cap with him, but he decided to leave it all there so they can spend it on some more talent and they have done that for sure going into 2024. Uh, But Tavita Pangai Jr., as I said, good luck in the boxing arena. Uh, We'll talk about this year. Um, Obviously, they had a pretty up and down year. Uh, Obviously, Finishing third last wasn't in the plan. They were sort of up and around the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. That big bracket. They were all over that bracket um, throughout the entire year. Um, And I thought they played well in some games. It just felt like they couldn't really put the pieces together, though. I think positives going into next year is that they have a really scary back line no matter how they go. I think their back line is fucking outstanding. Um, I think that... Blake Taft proved in the New South Wales Cup Grand Final and in the state championship that he's a first grader. So I'd love to see him at fullback, as I said before, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. No matter how they go, they've got a scary back line for uh, 2024. And the fucking crazy thing is they've also got a ton of depth uh, pretty much all over the park now as well, which is uh, really, really scary. I think Phil Gould's done an outstanding job there at the Bulldogs. 
Uh, I think that it's really going to turn into something as well. Could be the next Penrith Panthers over the next five years. We'll have to wait and see, though. Uh, we know for sure that Burton is a six now as well. I think the positive thing is I don't want him at seven. I don't mind him at center, but you don't really have an answer for the 5'8 jersey. I'd chuck him at six. I think six is the position for him in this team. Uh, and they need... I think the only thing they really need going into next year is a really, um, I guess... A halfback that can steer the ship. Toby Sexton can do a job for sure. I wouldn't mind someone a little bit older coming in. I would have loved to see Mitchell Pierce maybe play one more year and uh, go to the Bulldogs and kill it there, or even a Ben Hunt to go there. Um, you know, when there was all those dramas about him leaving. But I think that they're still going to go well. I think the Bulldogs are going to go well. I think they're going to be around the you know eleventh to fourteenth sort of uh, park. If I had to put them somewhere specifically, I'm chucking them at thirteenth. I think that's where they're going to end up um, going into next year. They're going to move up slightly. I think that with how even the competition is, it's going to be hard to, for them to move substantially unless they play some outstanding football and really stand out. Um, but the, the two positives for the Bulldogs for me this year was that we know Burton's a six and that the back line and the, the, the back line depth uh, and this the depth across the park for the Bulldogs is scary going into next year as well. They've done a really good job signings-wise. Uh, in terms of the negatives, they were sort of struggling to put the pieces together, sort of similar to the Dragons. They were sort of struggling to get the wins on the board and you know they were having some outstanding efforts and the effort was there. We saw that through the forwards, uh, their physicality this season and uh, especially at the start of the year with Ryan Sutton and Max King without that Forward pack was lethal there. Uh, obviously, you know, doled out towards the back end of the year. Um, but, you know, they had a really strong start to the year. I thought the Bulldogs, in terms of their intensity, and they sort of kept the intensity the same throughout the entire year. They had some dramas. They had some really shocking games. Uh, but the intensity was always there for me. Um, they were just struggling to put the final pieces to the puzzle. And I think next year... With the side that they have, they can sort of it becomes a bit easier to put those pieces together. Keep in mind that Viliami Kikau is still in his side. Keep in mind that Reid Marnie, one of the top hookers of the previous year, last year, the year before, um, is still in this side and has a lot of room to improve with the, uh, the the way this side is built going into this year. I think they need to sign one more forward. I think COC Watakiaho, the experience comes there through the forward pack. They already sort of had the experience. I think they need a mongrel. I really do think they need another mongrel in this side. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if they sign any more forwards. I don't know who's off contract just quietly going into next year. I think there's too many people left that are off contract. Um, but we'll have to wait and see who they go for. Um, Avarillo, I think that's a big loss. I think that's a massive loss for them. Uh, covers a lot of positions. Would have been a great 14 if they weren't going to start him at fullback. I think that he would have been a great guy to keep at fullback. Could they afford him? I think after Tevita Pangai Jr. leaving and them getting a ton more room in the cap to splash around, I think they could have kept him for about 500 to 550K. Um, but yeah, losing Avarillo, I think, is a big loss for the Bulldogs. Going over to the Dolphins provides a lot of depth for them. We'll talk about that uh, in the next podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I still think that it is a big loss losing a guy like um, Jake Avarillo in this side. As I said, covers a ton of positions. I think it's a massive loss. And finally, we're sort of talking about, is Stephen Crichton going to be a fullback or a center? Is Jermaine Salmon going to be a 14? Is Blake Taft going to be a backup or is he playing fullback? There's a lot of guys coming into this side. We don't know where they're going to be. There's guys already currently in this side with the new guys coming in where we just don't know where they're playing. And I think that's a little bit concerning going into next year as well. But I feel like 
Um, I think I feel like the Bulldogs have it much better than the Raiders, where we don't know what their side is going to look like going into next year. We've even heard that Seb Chris is playing 5'8", which is so, so concerning um, because he's definitely not a 5'8". I don't even think he's a fullback. He did well at fullback. I still don't think he's a fullback. Um, but in relation to the Bulldogs, I think it's a little bit easier than what the Raiders have it, but we'll talk about the Raiders, obviously, in the upcoming podcast. But, um, you know, I, I think that, it's going to be a little bit difficult to put this side together and find the perfect pace, which is why I don't think they're going to be a top eight side this year. It's just why I think they're going to be in and around 13th. If I'm putting a grade on this side, I'm not marking them too harshly. I'm going D minus. I think they're just off an E. I think that they had a really, again, it's a similar thing with the Tigers where, you know, they shouldn't really be struggling this much with the roster they have. And going into next year, I think it's going to be even more to the point like that. I think it's very similar to the Tigers situation. I do think the Bulldogs are going to improve substantially, though. I do think they're going to be 13th. I think that's where they're going to sit going into uh, next year. And that's the first part of the reviews and previews done and dusted for you guys as well. Uh, In the next episode, we're going through the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Manly Sea. It's going to be a really jam-packed episode. We also have a special guest coming in to do the Titans uh, review and preview as well. So make sure you strap yourselves in for that one. I couldn't have got a more passionate Titans fan to come in and do the Titans review preview. uh, And you'll find out who that is. I feel like you guys already know who that's going to be. But it's very, very exciting. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Uh, As I said, next one is going to be the Titans with a special guest, the Dolphins and the Manly Seagulls. Make sure you stay tuned for that one. as As well as all of the other reviews and previews going into the next few days. One, two, three.